0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Probably helpful to have. Happy Father's Day. Hey, how about driving into church this morning? Come on, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Man, I tell you what, I got on Highway 17 and coming here early this morning, you couldn't see like 10 feet in front of you. It was crazy. And uh, I don't know, I just thought about, you know, that wildfire there in Canada. And I was thinking, man, if we have just this right here, what they must have had up there in Canada. And people from New York were like, they were canceling baseball games and everything. It's just like, man, the, the smoke is crazy. Um, and I was just thinking about, you know, fire fire and uh, smoke with the children of Israel going through the wilderness. And I'm like, I didn't really think about the smokiness of it. I mean, they're like just smoky. Anyway, that's what I was thinking about this morning. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. One of my favorite chapters in the scripture, this book, this chapter of faith. Uh, And here's the thing about this chapter, Uh, you find this word faith in it over and over again. Chapter one says this, verse one, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we can't see. Then verse two, through their faith. Verse three, by faith. Verse four, by faith. Verse five, by faith. Verse six, without faith it is impossible to please God, verse seven, but by faith, verse eight, by faith are you getting the pattern. Over there's something that this writer has to tell us about faith, and then he begins to name all of these names, Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and all of these that have gone before us. But then it says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, at the end of this faith, 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 this is what I want you to know. These are the the names of all of these people who lived by faith. Uh, actually, in chapter 11, verse 39, at the end, it says, And all of these people that we listed in their faith, they did this. They earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. And then in chapter 12, it says this. Therefore—so in other words— Everything I've said up to this point, all these things that we've talked about faith, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us do this. Since we have all of these men and women that have gone before us and lived this testimony of faith, this is what we do with that. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that so easily trips us, us, trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So we have all of these people of faith, the, this list of faith, this chapter of faith. And he says, I'm leading you to something. And so therefore, I'm all of this that we've talked about, all of these witnesses of faith. So he gives this kind of history. There's Abraham and there's Isaac and there's Jacob and all of these that were in the history of faith. And they earned a good reputation. The reason why we're still speaking their names today is because of their faith. Now what's interesting is the author of this book is kind of argued about. Uh, but some people say it, it might have been Paul who wrote it. It might have been Luke who wrote it. It might have been Apollos who wrote it. So there's no real definite this is who wrote the book of Hebrews. But everyone, all the scholars agree that this was a Jewish guy that's writing this book. Uh, and, and as he's writing, there, there's an element to it. As, as we talk about all of these men and women of faith, I am part of that legacy, I am sitting here and I'm writing this book about faith that will now go from here to future generations, and we are now part of that faith too. So there's a faith past, there's a faith present as this gentleman writes this book, and there's a faith to come for every one of us that are still living this faith out today. We honor those before us, we prepare for those that will be ahead of us generations, moms, dads, and then he says this, since we know all this, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin. So, so there's a weight, and there's a weight to sin issues, but there's also things that can weigh you down that aren't necessarily sin, but he said, especially sin, let's make sure that we shed these things so that we could run our race run our race, that we could strip off all of this weight. The very nature of faith is supposed to be light. It's not supposed to be heavy. It's not supposed to be this heavy thousand pound brick on your shoulder that you're just kind of going through life. Jesus said it like this, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what does your faith look like? Does it look like this light Thing. Does, it, does your race, does your Christian journey look light or does it feel really, really heavy? Um, I've recently, just a little bit, not much, but a little bit, have gotten into running and uh, there's a few guys on my road that like to run. My brother who was playing drums here this morning, uh, he likes to run. Uh, a Guy down the road from us, Jason, he's at church here too, he likes to run. So there's some runners on my road, and I've noticed this about some of the runners. When they run, apparently every runner has to own a pair of these. You have to own a pair of really short shorts. <laughs> I'm talking about, I mean, and these are long compared to my brother's. I think I've seen him out there, and them shorts are like, you know, 1982 Magnum P.I. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They're short shorts. And not only do you have your short shorts on, but, like, I mean, you shed every way. You're shirtless. You got on light shoes. I mean, some guys take it so far, like, they're shaving their legs, Right? because I mean, every weight that can slow us down. So we need our short shorts and we need to get out there at five o'clock in the morning and run our race. And, and I'm, I'm learning this and so I went out and I got me some short shorts and I call them up. Hey buddy, you wanna go for a run? I ain't running with you. We're gonna do it, come on. And, and then I realized there's another type of person. Uh, he's not in the room today, but Matt and some of these other guys, part of uh, F3 group, um, and they'll go, and they'll go on these things called rucks. Have y'all ever heard of that? Well, what they'll do is they'll take this like 30 pound, 40 pound weight, and they will strap it to their back, and then they'll go on this, this ruck, which is they're just really walking or walking really quick with all, oh, that is here. He is here, and he does this. He goes, and he, he walks around. Hey, Lucas, do you want to go? No. No. Do you want want to walk around Shalot with 40 pounds strapped to your back? No. I'll walk in my short shorts with you. But I'm not wearing that thing. I will not do it. And Paul's saying, or or the writer here is saying this. Listen, if you, you want to finish your race well, your Christian journey looks more like this. This is the very nature of faith. It's not meant to be heavy. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so the question we have is how does your journey journey look? Are you carrying around a bunch of stuff that you just don't need to be carrying? Or are you running free in your short shorts? We'll get to that. In Hebrews 11, I want to read beginning with verse 11. Remember, there's this list, there's this chapter, this this faith, and it says this, 11, verse 11. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and she was too old, she believed what God had, that believed God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. And, and a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. And all of these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and they welcomed it in. They agreed that there were foreigners and nomads on this earth, Uh, oblivious people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. Obviously, people (laughs) who say such things are looking forward to a country that they could call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. Did you catch that? God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So we have this one particular person here, Sarah. And it talks about her journey of faith and her belief that she could have kids even in her old days. But what caught me about this is when, it, it, when the writer sits down to write this and he's talking about faith, how he addresses her. he says, it was by faith that even Sarah, even Sarah, and I'm just kind of like, whoa, 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 Even Sarah, kind of like the, you know, there's a little asterisk there of like, you know, like hey, there's musicians and even drummers. Some of y'all will get that later. Have you ever had that? Like, you don't know, like, is this an insult or a compliment? I'm not really sure. Like, I've had people come up to me and, like, Pastor, that was such a good sermon. It was just like you used to preach. I'm like, thank, thank you. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that an insult? Or like, what a great haircut. Did you do it yourself? <laughs> like, what? I, yeah, I don't, you know? Even Sarah, even Sarah, you don't, don't really know how to take this because Sarah has this problem. She actually has two problems. One, she's just too old and she's too barren. Uh, uh, she, she's up in her age. She's barren. She can't have kids. And, and there's this idea that, listen, if I couldn't have kids in my youth, I'm surely not going to have kids in my senior. If it didn't happen when I was young, it's surely not going to happen when I was old. And I just kind of think that it's interesting the stories we begin to tell ourselves when we get older. Don't we tell ourselves this story? Well, if it didn't happen when I was young and in my prime, it's sure enough not going to happen now. See, if I couldn't do it when I was in my 20s and my 30s, I can't accomplish that now in my 60s. Uh, I, I got this problem, and we begin to tell ourselves this story, and, and, and we're just too old, and yet there's these glimpses throughout time that tell a different story. There, there's glimpses of like, no, 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 they, they were in their 50s, and their 60s, and they went back and got their high school diploma, and, and they graduated college, and, and they're 65 years old, and they learned how to fry the chicken, and they started something like called Kentucky Fried Chicken. Come on, there, there's these glimpses of somebody who didn't believe that they were too old and too barren. And the difference is often the story that we begin to tell ourselves. Either I'm just old and I'm done and it hasn't happened yet, and if it hasn't happened by now, it's not going to happen. Or we have this even Sarah who says, no, 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 no. I have a promise from God and I'm holding on to it. It doesn't matter how old I am. I'm just believing God for it. She could have given a whole bunch of excuses, everybody all the reasons why it couldn't happen. And here's the thing, there was times when she did. As a matter of fact, there's this moment where the angel is talking to her and saying, like, this is going to happen, and she laughed. (laughs) The idea of this happening was comical to her. And this is important because sometimes I think when we talk about faith and we talk about belief, we think that it's completely free from doubt. We think that if, if you have faith and if you believe that there's no doubt at all, there's a problem with that, though, because that's not what the Scriptures show us. Time and time again, the Scriptures show us that, listen, it's a journey. It, it, it's a process. It's a prayer. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. See, see doubt, is, d- doubt is kind of like temptation. Temptation in itself, it's not a sin, but it's what you do with that temptation. Doubt in itself isn't a sin, but it's what you do with that doubt. How do you hold on to the doubt? How do you hold on to the promise? What do you do with that doubt when it floods your mind and floods your soul? Do you you tell yourself a story that, well, I'm just too old? Or do you look to the promise of, no, this is what God said? See, either your faith is now gonna uh, inform your circumstances or your circumstances is gonna inform your faith? It's one or the other. Either you're gonna look to this life and you're gonna look to the left and you're to the right and you're gonna look at your age and you're gonna look at your income and you're gonna look at your uh, abilities and you're gonna look at your talents and you're gonna say, well, this is it. This is all I could do. Or you can look at what God says. And you say, no, this is what God says and if this is what God says, this is what's gonna happen and this is how it's gonna be. And so we could either let our doubt write the story for our lives, or we could cast it to the side and simply believe, and just like Sarah, because after all, if we serve a God who can raise the dead, y'all, come on, whatever it is that you think is too big for God, it's not. And you think it's impossible, and you think it's been too long, and you think you're too old, and you think you have all of these, no, 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 no. What have you done with that doubt? See, here's the thing about faith. Faith is like a muscle. And, and the more you work it, the stronger it gets. Uh, the other day, I'm at the grocery store with my daughters, who actually got me this shirt for Father's Day. If you can see it, it says, uh, "Thanks, Dad. You're all, uh, we are awesome. You're welcome." Kind of thing. It's like Kobe and Reese, my two girls, and they said, "Dad, you got to wear it for Father's Day." I said, "I will. I will." But I'm there and I'm shopping at the store with, with the kids in Devon's in Texas. So I've got to go to Walmart. <sighs> so we're there. And, and there's, this, there's this big bin of watermelons. And we, we're like, oh, yeah, mom loves watermelons. So let's get a watermelon for mom when she comes home. And we're getting ready to pick one. And, and Reese is there. And I'm like, all right, Reese, get us a watermelon. She's like, I can't pick that thing up. I'm like, you sure can pick that walk Come on. You're 9 years old, girl. You can pick up this watermelon. Dad, no. I'm like if you want to get a watermelon, we're going to, you're going to pick it up. And, and she's just no, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then she reaches down there. And she just And she puts it in the cart. I'm like, yeah, I told you you could do it. I told you you could do it. And, and then we get to the house, I pop the trunk. I was like, bring the watermelon inside. Dad, are you serious? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay. And she picks it up. She's walking up the steps. I'm like, at any moment, she might drop this thing, <laughs> right? Come on, it takes a little bit of faith sometimes. And she's holding this watermelon. She puts it on the counter. And, and then later on that night, I said, hey, Reese, could you move the watermelon from that counter to that counter? And you know what she did? She just walked up. She just picked up the watermelon, and she moved it. No more excuses. No more, I can't. She simply just did it. See, that's the way faith works. When you start to exercise this thing, come on, you need some watermelon faith in your life. You need, to, you need to know that you could pick up some things that you didn't think were possible. Because listen, if Jesus said you can do it, come on, you could do it, you might strain a little bit. You, you, there might even be some stumbles, there might be some falls, but no, no, you could pick this thing up. Am I gonna let the size of the problem dictate my faith, or I'm gonna look to the size of my God? I'm gonna become an even Sarah. An even Sarah who, too old, too barren, but no, 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 but I serve a big God. As a matter of fact, in chapter six, it says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Not, not, it doesn't say, hey, it's highly unlikely. There's not a lot of chance. No, no, it is impossible to please God. And then it goes right here in the scripture. It says, uh, even Sarah, and then talk about this one man, speaking of, of Abraham, it says, who was as good as dead. Do you hear the way they describe this man? First we have even Sarah. Now we're describing her, her husband, he's as good as dead. Like how would you like to be described that way? Hey, have you met Jeff down the street? Yeah, that brother is as good as dead, right? Like have you, I mean, like come on y'all, there's old people and then there's old people. You know, there's old people that, hey, you guys eat dinner at like four o'clock and uh, you know you watch Jeopardy all the time, little Wheel of Fortune. Uh, you complain about your neighbor's grass. You know there's old people, and then there's like old people. Then there's like people that like what? They're still alive? <laughs> like I thought they would have. They're still making movies? Like what? Have you seen Harrison Ford lately? What? What? I mean, he's just old, right? But th- there's a big difference because like there's old people. But then there's old people that fire still in their eyes. There's that old people that, no, no, that person still has a promise. That person still, there's something that they're living for, and you get around them, and it's like, no, 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 it's that, it's that Caleb in the Bible. It's like, no, I had a promise, and, and I, know, I know there's a, a lot of things that we've gone through in this desert, but God has promised me this land, and I don't care if I'm 80 years old, it's mine, let's go take it. Some, some of that kind of faith. And, and what just caught me is I'm, I'm reading this, I'm thinking about Abraham, as good as dead. Now, if you're picking your dream team, your top pick is an even Sarah and as good as dead Abraham. And this is the dream team of faith here. And these are the people that God uses. Because when God looked at him, God didn't see uh, as good as dead Abraham. He looked at him and saw a nation. There is a nation in you. Everyone else thinks that you're as good as dead, but I'm telling you there's an entire nation of you that's going to change the face of the world. But you have a choice. You can either believe my word and what I'm saying about you, or you could just believe what everyone else is saying. You see, it's, it's, what's important is not what everyone else is saying, but important is what I'm saying. Is that the number one word in your life? Where are the priorities in your life? Of the, uh, Is it what God has said over you? Or what you have said over you? Or what someone else has said over you? See, we live in a world that likes to mix this up. We live in a world where like, no, no, everybody else's opinion is the first and foremost, and, and what they think really matters. And, and, and then all of these other things. And then somewhere what God says is way down on the list, and it doesn't work this way. If you rearrange the order, oh, you'll get all messed up. See, see, we put, we put what other people think about us at the, at the top of our list, and if we do that, our story will be as good as dead. Every single time. Or, 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 or listen, we, we live in a culture now that wants to say it's all about you. You gotta believe in yourself. Believe in you. You, you are the one. Like, are you serious? Believe in yourself? You're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Like we, like come on, like I, trying to figure, like I can't do third grade math with my kid sometimes. Believe in yourself. The train left the train station going from Atlanta to to Canada, it got lost in Detroit. What time did it get? I, you know, I don't know what time it got there. I've been working on that question for like 40 years. Believe in yourself. Be- believe in the universe. Believe in the government. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real good plan. It's real smart. Believe in technology. Come on, be- believe in all that. Like, come on, believe. Like, y'all can't even set up your voicemail. All this stuff, and this is what we're told. No, no, I don't know about you, but I would just rather believe in God. Amen. I would just rather believe that we serve a God who is bigger than all of this, who there is there is no problem that is too small for Him. I don't know about you, but I just I want to get it in order. I want to get the order right. God, Your Word. Even when I said like, anytime that doubt wants to rise up, no, no, we're gonna cast that to the side. See, faith opens us up to a world of God possibilities, of abundant life, living this life out. And then he goes on to say, listen, James told us, listen, faith without works is dead. So so, so your faith has to be put into action. Faith will cause us to do things that are beyond us. Faith will cause Sarah. <laughs> to start having kids in her older years. Faith will cause a nation to rise up out of this one man who was all but dead. But if we're not careful, we'll settle for a cheap substitute. See, see, faith will do this. Faith, faith will light a fire. Faith will do faith will do something in you that, oh no, no, no. See, it, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it's not just a weight. I also think that his burden is its light. It brings light. Your word is a light to my path. And it does something that our hearts not burn within us when I have a promise, when I have a hope. It may not be as big or as bright, but it's real. And it could set a forest on fire. See, but if we're gonna believe somebody else's word, and, and, hey, the universe or believe in yourself or believing in whatever, this is, what kinda, this is what it looks like. It's a false light. And, and, and here's the thing. This will never set anything on fire. It may, it may light up the room for a little bit. It, it might provide a little bit of security, a little bit of comfort, a little bit more money in your bank account, a little bit more. No, 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 but that battery will die and it will burn out. Like I said, no, no, if you just have faith, I'll take an even Sarah. I'll take an all but dead Abraham, and there's a nation in you. There's a forest fire in you, but you just gotta believe. It's called faith, faith. But the fire marshal doesn't want you to have that kind of faith. (laughs) The fire marshal will have you settle for a cheap imitation. The world will have you settle for something else. Faith is not safe, because it it works out all that God has put in you. Now here's where it gets interesting. All these people, all this list, Sarah and Abraham and Noah and edom they believed, and it says this, and they died and they still did not receive the promise. Whoa, 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 this isn't what we're taught. We're talking like, no, no, but if, if you have enough faith and, and God's told you all, all of these things are going to happen, and yet here, here we have it. Every single one of these people in this list of great hall of fame it says they died and they didn't see it. Uh, they did not receive the fullness of it. Abraham just got a glimpse of it. Isaac and Jacob. And here's the thing. He said, God said, you're going to be able to count your kids. Like, look up to the stars. Count them if you can. And then Abraham, well, one, two done. Like, no, God, God, you said we were going to be able to count the stars in the sky. One, two. Oh, it got real. It just got real. Uh, what, what do you do with that? Well, wait, hold on. And, and they died, and they didn't see the fullness. Oh, but, but they saw it from afar. See, God's promise, the very nature of its promise is always designed to outlive you. The promise that God has for you isn't just for you. It's for your children and your children's children and for generations and generations and generations to come. For a man who would sit down thousands of years later and write this book, that would be part of this testimony of faith, he is part of that faith that happened all those years ago. We are a part of that faith that happened all of those years ago. It's more the fullness of it See, I think if you think that you're gonna see the fullness of it, you've got the wrong promise or, 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 at, or at least a distorted version of it. See, see you, you've got to realize like this, this, the effects of this go well beyond you and Abraham is still up in heaven right now, still counting stars. He's still counting day after day after day and this is outworking. So now we have this tension and the tension is this. I have this promise, but I have this present reality. The promise from God, looking to the stars, counting them, nation inside of me, present reality, wife that's too old, too barren, uh, a life that everyone looks at me and says, oh, no, 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 it's good as dead. And what do I do with it? And I have all this... uh, things where I can doubt, I can even laugh at what the word of God comes into my ears. What do we going to do? And then there's this tension of like, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to cast out the, the, the doubt, but I, I have this faith and I have this doubt, and, and what do I do with it? And all of this has to find its way under the umbrella, under the realization that we may die and not see the fullness of it. Matter of fact, you will die and not see the fullness of it. And the writer knows this. He's saying this is the hall of fame. And every single one of them died and didn't see the fullness of it. So what do we do with that? We do the tension of what we see and the promise of what we, and what we don't see and what, what might happen in generations to come. And he says all of that, take that together and then do this. Shed the weight. Shed the weight of all of those things which so easily bring you down and run your race. Grab your short shorts and run in such a way that you, could, you, 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 could, you can make it. The promised man might, might be right there. I'm telling you, but like, it still could be a ways off, and you might not see its fullness. And how will your story end? Will you believe, whatever, well, as good as dead. I'm just gonna spend my days laying on this couch watching Wheel of Fortune. Or no, 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 I'm here to tell you there's a nation still inside of you If there's still breath in your lungs, there's a reason why you're here. And God said, no, 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 just have faith. Not in your abilities, not in your talents, not in all the things that you think. No, 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 have faith in God. Let me give you a couple things real quick. How do we do it? How do we live underneath this tension of of what we see in God's promise? It says this, they saw it from afar and welcomed it. If you're going to have some faith that makes it the long ways, listen, you've got to see it from afar. You, you've got to have some, some faith. Faith is never short-sighted. Faith always sees it from afar. Faith sees the prodigal son while he's still a long ways off. Faith sees the prodigal son runs out and throws a robe over him while he still smells like pigs. You're my son and I'm going to put a ring on your finger. I'm going to do all of this. Why? Why? Because, no, no, I have faith. And I've been sitting on that porch, and I've been waiting for you to come home day after day after day. It's never short-sighted. Faith looks at the widow with her two mites and says, no, nah, no, nah, this is how we build beautiful temples. Everyone else just sees two mites. God says, no, 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 this is a beautiful gift. Watch what I can do with it. Watch what I can do with it. You've got to be able to see it from afar. You've got to be able to see the diamond through the coal. When we purchased this building uh, last year, like no, nobody, for years, nobody wanted the building. No one, now all of a sudden we put a little paint on the outside. We have gotten so many calls of people wanting to buy this building. Why? Why, because now all of a sudden they could see something. They couldn't see it before. I know like, it's not for sale. It's not my fault you couldn't see it. Come on, sons. Daughters, people addicted to drugs and alcohol. You've got to see it from afar. I'm telling you, there's things inside of these people, reaching people far from Christ that are gonna change the world, gonna change the world. You gotta see it from afar. And then it says this. They're longing for something that this world does not provide. They they, they knew that, listen, there's there's obviously people who they agreed that they were nomads and foreigners here on this earth. See, you've got to get to this point that you will never be fully satisfied in this life. It is the reality of it. A few weeks ago, actually this is probably a few months now, I called uh, my coach and I just, I just told him like, man, I just kinda, I have this thing. It happens to me on Sunday mornings. It's happened for years. And the thing is this, it it doesn't matter how well Sunday went. Sunday could be off the chain. It could be amazing and all these people could get saved. Or it doesn't matter if I preached really good or or if I just kind of flopped and and, and nothing happened. I go home and there's this little bit of sadness in my soul. And it happens every week, y'all. Every week, uh, about 2 o'clock, there's this little piece of my soul that's just like, I'm so, I don't know, I can't, uh, like, is this depression, I don't know, is this whatever, and there's this, there's this sadness, and I just, uh, what do I do with that, what have I done, what am I doing wrong, and, and, he's, and, and he's like, let me think about that for a little while. And, and it was a couple weeks later, and he calls me up, and we started talking on the phone, he said, like, let, me, let me give you three things, Lucas, three things to think about. He, he said, first thing you got to understand is one, that your identity is not in what you do. Don't, for one minute, Bind to that lie that if you were good or if you're bad or whatever, like, Jesus loves you just the same. So it doesn't matter if you failed completely that morning or if you did really good that morning, if all this amazing things happened, if you you received the promise or didn't, like, that is not who you are. You are the beloved son. Second thing he said was this. He said, make sure you're not going alone. Make sure that you have someone that you're you're just doing life with and having friends with that are beyond just ministry, that someone you're just fishing with and and surfing with or whatever, just make sure that you have someone that, that you're just getting to spend some time with that you're not leading and just enjoying life together with. And then he said this third thing that really caught me. And he said, then there's the realization, Lucas, that this sadness may never go away. I said, what? Come on, you're supposed to fix me. You're the coach. Fix me. So there's the reality that this sadness may never go away. Because it's a reminder that God's put something in your heart that this world is not your home. That it doesn't matter how good of a day it was or how bad the day of it was, that you are a nomad and you are a foreigner on this place, and you will never be fully satisfied until you're fully satisfied in him, with him, and known and know him fully just as he fully knows you. And that's the reality. And, and it was a reminder of the C.S. Lewis quote that says, if I've searched this world and I've looked for what satisfies and nothing satisfied, I can only come to the conclusion that I made for something more than this world. And so that's, that's just the reality of it. And, and these people had this. This is the hall of fame of faith And it's made up of even Sarah's. It's made up of as good as dead Abraham's. And they did not receive the fullness of the promise. And they looked at life. I was like, no, no, no. there's still a little bit of sadness in our soul. Because listen, we didn't, one, two. You said stars, one, two. But no, I just have faith. I'm just believing. And I'm telling you, he's still counting stars today. And we're here and we're part of the outworking of that promise. Why? Because he didn't give up because he believed in something bigger. He believed in Jesus. Looking forward to a country that they could call their own. This isn't my own. This isn't my own. All of this, this is just borrow. This is just stewardship. No, no, this isn't my own. If you do not have your treasure in heaven, you will try to make your home here on earth. If you do not have your treasure in heaven, you will try to make your home here on earth and it will disappoint every time. Because you will not have enough. There's not enough of anything in this world to fully satisfy. It is a race to the bottom. And the worst thing you could do is win. To try to catch up with the neighbors. To live into to what everyone else says about you. And the scriptures say a completely different story. I take it, even Sarah, I almost did Abraham, and watch. There's a nation inside of you. Church, if we do what we have always done, we're going to get what we've always got. I've been thinking about that, and I think there's actually two different ways in which I'm actually looking at that and interpreting that. Because if you look at it through the short term, and we Think of that quote and the idea of like uh, cultural trends and the way things are going and we could uh, go doom and gloom and like, no, America, and it's going this route and these things, how things, and, and I, all this is that's happened, but if we look at it through the lens of the long term, if we always do what we've been doing for the last 2,000 years, and that's putting our faith in God being light and being salt and being a church that prays and being a church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ and taking care of the widows and the orphans and the poor, then I just think that light can shine in every dark place. It can survive the ugliest of times. It could take, uh, isn't he dead, Lucas? And there's still something. There's still a fire in there, and God said, watch, there's still a nation in you. There's still a nation in you, Bridget. There's still a nation in you, Alan. There's still a nation in you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it, Chris? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us strip off every single weight that slows us down, especially sin. And let us run with endurance the race that God has for us. Stand to your feet with me. I know this was kind of a little bit harder message for Father's Day. Men, (laughs) there's more in you. Especially, just let me address the men in the room today that if you're 50 plus, there's more in you. There's more in you. I don't care what anyone else has said about you. There is all those dreams that you thought were long dead. I'm telling you, it just takes faith. It just takes belief in the God who resurrects the dead. And it takes shedding every other word that someone's placed on your life that says, this is all you are. There's more in you. Let's pray together. Lord, if we've settled for anything less than your promise, God, we repent. Lord, come and even as smoke filled our county this morning, may your glory fill this place fill our hearts and minds. Lord, for all of the doubt that tries to make us laugh at your word, laugh at what we think is possible, for all of the doubt that would try to keep creep in, Lord, may we have some even Sarah faith that says, no, 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 no. I'm not listening to that any longer. I just, Belief, and you counted for righteousness. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. If you're in the room today and you don't know him, may today be the day of your salvation. God saw you while you were still afar off, and he's running out to you this morning, my son, my daughter, come home. I love you. Got a rope for you, got a ring for your finger. All is forgiven. Come home. If that's you and you're in the room and you just want to give your life to Jesus, just put your hand real high in the air. I just want to lead you in a prayer of surrender to Jesus. Is there anybody? Hand real high. Don't want to miss anybody. Alright, God. I want to believe that everyone knows you for those that may not, and they're still, still on the journey. Continue to breathe life into them. Continue to breathe hope into each one of us. Continue to make us a people that are just like these people in Hebrews 11. Make us a church that has a reputation of faith. In the powerful, powerful name of the resurrected Christ. Church, let's take a few minutes, let's just worship together. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.